You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. I'm not here to shame anyone, nor to even want to know who did it. What kind of lawyer are you going to be? Colorful. It's a lot of money. We'll make it happen. Whatever the cost. You make it sound easy. Let's jump in with both feet. You drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's another episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Glenn Bove. And, oh boy, sir, we have another great episode of this great fucking show to talk about. Uh, it's season one, or not season one, season two, episode seven of Better Call Saul. It's called Inflatable. Uh, and there was inflatable stuff in this episode. Uh, albeit briefly, I think. Inflatable! Stay alive, damn it! Yep, it's a miracle. Uh, it's a miracle I remembered the words to that song. Uh, Alright, so... Well, it is like the greatest theme song in like a quite, decade. Quite possibly. Uh, Alright, so let us start talking about this episode. Uh, we start with a flashback. In the early 70s, we see a young Jimmy working at his father's store. Uh, it looks like it's a maybe like a gas station? Maybe? Yeah, like a convenience store. Yeah, like a, like maybe a mom and pops type place uh, as well. Uh, when a grifter enters and attempts to pull a con job on Jimmy's father... Young Jimmy sees right through the con immediately and tries to warn his dad, but his dad is a buffoon who is too trusting and ignores him. When Jimmy's father is distracted, the grifter admits the con to Jimmy as, and is impressed. He saw through it. He then tells Jimmy that there are only wolves and sheep in this world, and Jimmy will have to choose which one he wants to be. Uh, disillusioned by his father's gullibility, Jimmy begins taking money from his father's register. In the present, Jimmy helps represent Mike when he claims to the DA that Tuco's gun did not belong to Tuco. Afterwards, Jimmy decides to quit Davison, Maine, but realizes that if he were to do that, he would not receive the firm's signing bonus. Jimmy finds a loophole in his contract where he can receive the bonus if he is fired without cause and does everything in his power to be irritating at Davison, Maine, from dressing obnoxiously uh, in colorful suits to causing Such a general... great montage. Yes. <laughs> to causing a general daily nuisance. Cliff finally relents and fires Jimmy with the bonus. Jimmy approaches Kim and attempts to convince her to uh, not only not only to leave HHM, but to not take the deal from Schweikert and Coakley. Uh, and instead he says we should phone we should form our own law firm. Uh, Kim is not entirely sure 
she's she wants she wants it on the condition that Jimmy will play it straight and narrow. Uh, and Jimmy eventually admits that the only way this can be done is if he can be himself. Colorful. Such a good scene. Yeah. Uh, Kim politely refuses his offer. Uh, Jimmy moves back to his old office at the nail salon. Uh, meanwhile, Mike promises to buy Stacy a new house and begins scouting out Hector's restaurant. Kim approaches Jimmy and proposes a compromise, suggesting that both she and Jimmy start separate solo firms but base themselves out of the same building so they can share expenses and lend each other support if needed. She asks Jimmy if he's willing, and Jimmy pauses. And that is where we are left, sir. What did you think of the episode? I loved it. I love the part where he's... The guy's vacuuming, and he's, like, showing him how to do it, and he's uh-huh. trying to tell him in Spanish and stuff. He's like, dude, yes. from Michigan. He's like, so you didn't get any of that? <laughs> <laughs> I like that he tries to, because uh, Cliff plays guitar in his office sometimes when he's trying to think or whatever, so Jimmy gets yeah. a fucking bagpipes. <laughs> and I love that scene when Cliff comes in there, because Jimmy's not doing anything, but the bagpipe still has air in it. So you kind of just hear in the background this low yeah. sound <laughs> while he's trying to talk to him. It's awesome. He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm still learning, but he's like, I. The gist I get is that this bag needs to be filled with air, and he blows more air into it, and is just sitting there making this really horrible, awkward sound while they're trying to have this conversation. Oh, I fucking loved it. I love that Cliff realized that what would what Jimmy was doing, and he's like, "Fine, I'll fire you without cause. Just get out of here." Yeah, um, and he's like, "Was it you know? Why did you? you know, why, why did you why... even? Yeah, why did you even agree to come here?" I like I like all that, and yeah. he was. He gave you everything. Um, you, you see anyone yeah. else with a desk like that? You see my office with Coco a desk? Bolo desk? Yeah, uh, yeah. That that was great. I I love the flashback scene. That was that yeah. was interesting. I know to Jimmy see Cricket's his dad. That's crazy. Is that the guy who voices Jimmy Jimmy Cricket or no? That, no, or he plays just... him in Once Upon a Time. Oh, is oh okay okay. It's like is he like a super old guy who voiced him in cartoons past? Um, no, that was uh, I like that scene. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I like that uh, the I don't know. I found it a little weird that the con man was just like, "Yeah, I'm a con man." Uh, he's like, "Give me two cartons of cigarettes," and then he pulls well, I out mean, a- he already saw that the dad's not going to listen to him anyways. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. No, I get it too. And he pulls out that giant stack of money out of his pocket, <laughs> like a big, uh, like a money clip, just full of bills. Mm-hmm. Give me a couple cartons of cigarettes. Um, and his dad, meanwhile, is in the back. He's like, I'm looking for those spark plugs or whatever the fuck You'd he was looking for. You'd be a wolf for. or a sheep. Yep. you got to pick which side you're on. Uh, yeah, that's where Slippin' Jimmy began. was right there. Yeah, saw the it's just like, whenever Kim's like, I'm going to join, it's just like, oh, don't do it, Kim. Yeah, you because you're like, no, car accident. Like, you can see it happening in slow motion. Uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, what did Mike do in this episode? Oh, he got his daughter a house. That's right. Yeah, he got his daughter a house, and he was in that scene where Jimmy was representing him at the DA's. <laughs> yeah. And they're trying to explain how... Because Mike didn't admit that it was his gun. He just said it wasn't Tuco's gun. Yeah. And they're like, well, who did it belong to? And he's like, who? Jimmy's like, who can say? Yeah, <laughs> Crow came down. The crow may have <laughs> dropped it, Yeah. <laughs> 
That was fucking tremendous. And then they immediately know, like, are, is, are they trying to shake you down? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, God, that was great. Uh, and, yeah, and he bought his daughter a house. Uh, presumably that is the house from Breaking Bad as well, I think. Yeah, I believe uh, so. So, yeah, there is that. Um, yeah, so he didn't do a lot, but this was this was the, the Jimmy and Kim show. Um, and, yeah, you're right. This, this is why I love this show, because... There's the, at least for me, it's like there's the half of my brain that's like, no, because you, you know what's going to happen. But the show is so damn good that there's still parts of me that are like, God, I hope they make it work. Even though I know they don't. You know what? Maybe, you know how, maybe he finds her in the flashbacks. Maybe, you know, they had a falling yeah. out. She isn't dead. She leaves. Yeah. And and he maybe. just, maybe that's how he forwards. gets caught yeah, yeah, and goes yeah. to jail. Like, he seeks her out and it goes horribly awry. Or yeah. they do one last con together and they get caught. I don't know. I I want Jimmy to have a happy ending because out of anybody, I feel like he deserves it because he's the lead. Well, I don't know. I guess Daddy's or Jesse's more of a, more pure-hearted. But um, it's just, you know, Jimmy's maybe. not a bad guy. He's not a good guy. He's just... No. He's a very flawed human being. Yeah, he's a flawed human being who you but you can see all the good in him. Yeah. There's a lot of potential for yeah. both. <laughs> I mean, you you I think you only really got senses of it in Breaking Bad, but they really fleshed it out further. It's like you can tell like Yeah, and that's the thing is like you were saying like we're operating on pretenses, but mm-hmm. our pretenses are open-ended enough because the great thing about I would say Breaking Bad is that you know, even though there is a finality to it in the show, but I feel like with even you know Jesse's is pretty. What what's he gonna do? You know what what happens to Jimmy? What what's gonna happen to his wife and kids? Like it was open ended enough for you to to kind of see where it was, and each character was fleshed out to where you understood them, but they weren't fleshed out in a way that you knew them. And that's right. the show is we're getting to know Mike and Jimmy, and that it's it's yeah. great. Yeah, I loved it. Um, do you, do you, now, do you get that feeling ever too, or are you stuck permanently in, I just know what's going to happen and it's hard to watch Kim because. No, that's what I'm saying is it's, I, I don't know what's going to happen and I would say in the future, right? Yeah. I'm for me, it's hard to watch Kim because it's like, I don't know, like, is she going to die? Is something horrible going to happen or they, he just, does Jimmy finally just push her away? Uh, and like tell his brother like the thing i'm more interested is like what's gonna happen to his brother like what's what happens to this law firm what happens to chuck yeah yeah i mean kim i just assume he pushes her away to get her to leave Mm -hmm. and it's just weird because she's already setting a mandate like we'll be partners i do my stuff you do your stuff Mm -hmm. i feel like i can't help but i mean this is only the second season i don't know how much longer the show will run for but I can't help but feel like this is the thing. Like, he's going to say yes, and they're going to have this thing. Things are going to seem perfect, and then something is going to happen to split. Because I feel like she is the key that really makes him become Saul. That's what I feel like, anyway. That I think what key. happens is Saul just gets in deep with the sharks. I think he gets in deep with, like, Gus and stuff, which I'm pretty sure that's him you see him going through that building. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he just gets in really deep with the cartels because it's good, easy money. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that may be with her and she leaves. And when she leaves, there's no one there to keep him in check. You know, that was the thing, too, with his brother is like, you know, Chuck, in a way, is good for him because Chuck is, in a 
he str- makes him strive to do better. Now it's completely backfired. And that may be the thing with Kim is that there just comes a point And then without Kim being there, he's just like, screw it. I'm going to be Saul Goodman 100%. You know, Jimmy died the day Kim left me, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, There was. But I don't want it to be like he backstabs Kim so bad. Like what Chuck, you know, hints at what he did to his his dad. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be because to me, that story just felt a little disingenuous because I feel like the Saul we've known is he's a pretty loyal guy. You know, he doesn't, you know, fuck, he's stuck with Walter. And how many times did Walter threaten to kill him? And, you know, even all the way to the end, he, you know, he was arranging to get him out. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like if there was that kind of blowback of not saying he kills her or anything, but I just, it wouldn't seem natural in the character. It'd feel like a really drastic thing. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um... But oh, great show! I, I'm sad. There's only like three left. The tie the tie-in title uh, for this episode is I believe they once showed a wacky arm flailing inflatable tube man. <laughs> so thus, yeah. thus uh, inflatable uh, works. Um, also, uh, uh, like and I was, the bagpipes. Oh, uh, and the bagpipes were inflatable. That's right. Good call, sir. Uh, all right, so uh, a score for this episode of Better Call Saul. Uh, four and a half. I uh, I had this at four and three quarters. Uh, I mm. so felt like this could maybe be a five, but it needed one more needed thing. Mike, it needed some more Mike. Not yeah. enough Mike in this episode. If there was one great Mike scene, I mean, there was that great scene that Mike was in in the DA's office, but Mike didn't really say anything in that. <laughs> he just sat there looking like Mike, uh, which was cool. But which sometimes it's all I need. It's better when he says other things, but that montage was great. The Jimmy and Kim stuff was so good. See, I didn't like the montage at first, and then as it went, I was like, oh, okay, this is a more enjoyable Captain America. I, I'm, I'm happy with this. <laughs> such a weird such a weird thing to relate it to. Uh, all right, so uh, we're going to come back uh, next week and talk more. Season 2, Episode 8 of Better Call Saul. It's called Fifi. You better call Saul. You best call now.